host, Shelby and Matt. And Shelby, we are now officially two years old as a podcast. We're in our terrible <laughs> so twos. Yeah, mm. I mean, like, beta phase, because we didn't technically release our episode until late July, so... Okay. <laughs> You'll probably still see a happy birthday to us message in a month, too, so don't be confused. Yes. We have multiple birthday posts. <laughs> yeah. Important holiday to commemorate, so... But yeah, two years of sitting in our closets and talking to each other via cheap mics and a program that sometimes fails us, but (laughs) still we persist. I mean, honestly, the number of podcasts that have come and gone since we started, (laughs) it's got to be like in the thousands, hundreds, like I don't know how many podcasts there are, but I feel like everyone I know has one and they all last approximately six episodes and then (laughs) disappear. So true. Yeah, we've really accomplished something here. And two episodes a week, too, nonetheless. I mean, kudos to us. We're really like... It's like your welcome world. Like, I know. <laughs> Hello. Too bad people aren't leaving us reviews to let us know how grateful they are for all I know. we've provided them. <laughs> people, get it together. We know you got time. Leave us a review. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mostly I'm just doing this for the resume because now at this point, two years seems like legit. If I put it on a resume, it's like, oh, this isn't something that, you know, he just sort of like came up with (laughs) on the fly and tacked on here. This is an actual business. Exactly. People will be like, so can you help me like launch my podcast? Like what? But what like supplies do I need? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've. (laughs) Oh, I've had that conversation so many times at this (laughs) point. Yeah, I was like, let me walk like, through that. What kind of mic do you use? I'm like, yeah. oh, let me tell you. <laughs> Shelby found it on Amazon two years ago and I bought it. We're such pros, honestly. Good and investment I was talking on to my, uh, I was talking to my little sister and her friend and and he sort of made a comment about how we know so much useless stuff. Because, <laughs> you know, he's like, why do you care so much about, I don't remember, Kardashians or Marvel or whatever? And I'm like, oh, well, I have a podcast. So it's like, I have to know, you know, it's like, yes, it's my job. <laughs> hmm. I, so. I was watching. Well, well, I'll save this for the uh, <laughs> for the love it or hate it section oh, at yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Pertinent information. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but nobody left us a review, so leave us a review. Um, shall we get into it? Would you have yes. a story? What do you have? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, this is old news by now, but uh, celebrities just keep stepping in it, I guess, in quarantine. Or people are bored enough that they're going through old stuff to, like, dig through yes. and see what's problematic. So mm-hmm. this week featured a few different YouTubers like reckonings where the first one was Jenna Marbles who I honestly always forget <laughs> who she is like I know her name but I think of a different person every time someone says it and then I'll see a picture of her and I'm like what I've never seen this girl <laughs> before <laughs> but she's been like she's an old school like early YouTube success story She's gone on to do a lot of different stuff outside of YouTube, but this past week, for whatever reason, um, she started getting dragged for a lot of early videos and a lot of early comments and unfortunate skits and, you know, the classic, like, try-hard YouTuber who was doing inappropriate, borderline to extreme racist, like, stuff mm-hmm. to get 
likes attention. I don't know what motivates them to make these videos, but she had made them and she sort of did this. It felt like a, like a good apology. Like it's hard to know what, what a good apology is when it comes to celebrities, but people seemed to accept the, the story she told, which is that she obviously has shame for a lot of these choices. She didn't try to justify it really. She was just like, yeah, but the, then she pointed out that the YouTube culture as is has become too toxic for her to really feel like she's at home there anymore. And she announced that she'd be stepping away from the platform. So done, done, done. I mean, will it last? I don't know. <laughs> is it the end of Jenna Marbles? Probably definitely not. And then because that wasn't enough drama, Shane Dawson got into some oh, yeah. hot water. He's a he's a favorite of ours, I guess. I mean, first he was in the news because he sort of washed his hands of the beauty YouTube community, even though he had just done a whole series with Jeffree Star and had like a tie in with um, that other beauty guru. <laughs> I just forgot who like lost uh, 10 million subscribers over. The oh, um, Coachella. um. Oh, like oh, bear hair uh, and the lady and all that. Drama. Yes, what's his name? I can see the creepy one. The creepy one. Um, <laughs> well, we don't have to call shoot. him that. So well, <laughs> yeah, but all of the Tic Tac videos about him are like, "You're locked in my basement." It's what a, is his name? James um, Charles. James Charles. I knew it was a J. Um, so, anyways, he sort of disavowed them and was like, "This is too toxic to continue." And I think that fed a fire against him and he's always been sort of a linchpin for a controversy but people once again dragged up all these old videos comments um instances where he'd been very inappropriate um kind of like gross it's just like that early 2000s youtube fame and so he made a video that was like an apology and was like i have grown so much i i have learned so much and it's just it, that's a hard line to use when you're like, I mean, one of the examples was he had this video where he pretended to jerk off to Willow Smith in her whip my hair face. So when she was 11 years old and like somehow that was considered peak comedy at the time. And so Jaden Smith called him out for this. And then Jada Pinkett Smith also called him out and was like, this goes beyond like cancellation. Like you should have known better. Like it's, you, this is just wrong. Right. Which it seems mm -hmm. like everyone who's ever lived knows that you shouldn't make pedophilia <laughs> jokes. And I just like, I just, that's what always gets me with these sort of, you know, cancellations. It's like, why did they think it was ever okay. And they always use the youth card, even though they're usually in their 20s when they do these videos. And they're like, oh, I just didn't know better. And I'm like, I was the most sheltered, like naive, dumb kid. And it never crossed my mind to like film, like sing the N-word, film myself saying the N-word, do blackface, like make some sort of racist video and put it on the web for everyone. Like it never even crossed my mind. So it's just like, it's hard to take these apologies seriously when their only excuse is, I didn't know better, because it's like, how did you not, you know? <laughs> I mean, at the same time, like, yes, obviously they should have known better. And and you can, 
like there, there's only so far that an excuse can go. But at the same time, it is like I think that people today, like I mean, especially you know, like young people who are online yeah. in today's culture who have only ever grown up, you know, like being online. I feel like that that is different than somebody who like a Jenna Marbles or um Shane Dawson who are older and grew up like outside of the internet where you right. didn't have as much like interaction or experience to anybody. And and when they were making those early YouTube videos, it's like, yes, you had uh you know, your parents and people being like, everything that's online will follow you forever. <laughs> but they're just, you, there wasn't like a, a template that was set of right. like, okay, these are the things you can do. These are the things you can't do. And especially those YouTubers, they were like desperate for likes, you know, going for whatever. And who knows like what their upbringing was, like what their parents thought was good. I don't know. I think that there, I think that there is like some room there for those people. Like if they haven't, if it is truly like, okay, they made these videos back in 2008 and then they have since been a lot better. Mm -hmm. The thing with Shane Dawson is like, though that he keeps like kind of wandering (laughs) into trouble much more recently than those early videos. So at that point you're like, Oh, well maybe you, just haven't learned your (laughs) lesson exactly no that's fair he's a he's a special case of um continual (laughs) mess upery i guess some i feel like this is like the same story that we uh go to every week basically just in like different forms (laughs) but tenet has been bounced back yet again originally it was supposed to come out well, I don't even know when the original date was, but for a while it was supposed to be in like June or July 17th. Then it got pushed back to the end of July. Now it's bounced back again another two weeks to August 12th. They just keep pushing it back yeah. as it seems less and less likely that theaters are going to be opening. I and know. I feel like this is just a good place to have the conversation of like, do we think that these theaters are actually going to be opening up? Because Back in like late May, <laughs> early June, when things were looking like cases were going down and maybe we were moving into a summer where like, oh, it's not so bad. All of these chains made announcements that they were going to basically have all their theaters open by July. Well, yeah. now here we are with like the worst cases, the wor- <laughs> like the highest amount of cases yet in the country. I yeah. saw yesterday that Florida had more cases in one day than all of Europe did that day. <laughs> so it's like, are these theater chains now going to open? Like, is Regal going to open its locations in Florida? And then yeah. if... Like, are states going to block that? Because up till now, I haven't seen any states be like, okay, yeah, no, we're reversing decisions necessarily on movie Mm -hmm. theaters. But you have to assume that that's coming at some point. So it's just like, do you think that any of these movies, (laughs) Blonde, Tenet, anything, will be coming out before the end of summer? I don't know. I think everyone, everyone across the board wants it to be normal again they want it to be back to normal whether that's just like us being bored out of our minds or like these huge corporations who need to start making money and like have made these films and need to send them out Mm -hmm. i mean i think they're just hoping that like things will work and i think that's part of why (laughs) civilians just like decided to give up on 
on precautions because they're like, I'm over this. Like, I just want to move on. But that in turn is just, you know, exacerbating the situation. So it does feel sort of hopeless at this point, especially coming from the new, I think, national hotspot, Houston. Um, well, I guess yes. Florida might have taken the cake. I haven't tracked it too much, but you Houston's two are really competing for each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it sort of is just like I just have a complete lack of faith in in our situation right now, and it's also hard because, like you said, every state, every city can make their own decisions, and so that means, well, is Cinemark gonna? allow it to show in 12 out of the 50 states that decide to open or will they want to push it for a bigger release and I think it's weird because Tenet was the one that really stood its ground and was like no we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this and they didn't budge until like last the last couple weeks or something and so the fact that they've moved (laughs) it is sort of like oh man like I I don't know and it's very alarming to say that because I wish I mean, for our sake, for my sanity, for just general enjoyment of life, like I really wish <laughs> there was something to look forward to like that, but I well, and, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, and it's also like a chicken or the egg situation cuz you have tenant that's now bumped back to August, so it's like are theaters still going to open early July when there's right. not a big movie that's coming for a month and they're just going to be playing, you know, random old crap or are they yeah. going to in turn bump their dates back again, which then will cause tenant to bump its date again. Yeah. It's just Yeah, well, and it's, it's a interesting cuz like drive-in theaters have been doing so well this these few months that like Jurassic Park was just named like the number one movie in America again, even though it came out like almost 30 years ago. And so I wonder if theaters are thinking, I have no idea how licensing works for those sort of things, but if a theater could conceivably be like, we'll do old school movies and that way we're just making some money, even if it's half empty theaters, even if no one buys concessions, like at least we have the lights on in the building and something's happening. But other than that, like since the drive-in theaters have done so well, maybe theaters would be like, okay, let's just try this. But then you also have the liability of being like the story where a theater opens and then the next day 80 or 100 people get coronavirus and it's all traced back to you. So, Right. I I think the question comes back to sort of what you were saying that was like, do people care anymore? <laughs> yeah. Like when back in February, March, you know, people were like people were afraid enough of coronavirus that they were staying in their house, not going to do things. I sort of feel like at this point, the vast majority of Americans are like, you know what, whatever. I'm probably not going to die of this. I can't be inside anymore. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like, which I am like, you guys, this is just (laughs) going to cause all kinds of problems. But I also think another big issue is that there's no... Like, the United States as a whole is... The decisions are being made by, like, 800 different people because mm-hmm. of all of these different, like, governors and mayors and things. <laughs> and because it's the United States, you have people moving around. Yeah. So, like, right now, New York is doing really well. But I can definitely envision a situation in which people from these hotspot cases come back to New York <laughs> and then reinfect us all. Like, I would not be surprised at all if by September, New York yeah. is, like, again 
in the throes of coronavirus where I think in some of these like European countries and stuff, it's like they're smaller and there's more uh, like centralized decision making. Mm -hmm. So it's like all of Sweden can shut down (laughs) and then wait until Sweden is like basically clear before they reopen where now it's like, okay, well, New York is fine. So they're opening things, but Florida is now (laughs) closing things, but it's like people are still moving back and forth between the two. I know it's a frustrating time to, (laughs) to be what a disaster. I I know. So yeah, it's really just, I mean, I'm just back to square one. Like I don't even want to go like we'd been like, Oh, we'll go eat out like on patios or we'll go Uh out and like try like browse target with our masks on. And now I'm just like, I don't want to be around anyone. (laughs) Like I just don't want to deal with you guys. So we'll see. But some, corona uh unrelated corona news um kanye west your favorite he's oh uh, yes he's making he's giving what the people want a more affordable yeezy brand because he's partnered with the gap which i guess has been his lifelong dream according to tweets i've seen um i mean who doesn't love the gap or (laughs) i think the gap is cool really Yeah, I think um, I've never, it never like fits me right. I just don't like their styles. And also I remember so vividly in Crazy Stupid Love um, when, uh, why did I just forget his name? Uh, Ryan Ryan Gosling slaps him across the face and says, you're better than the gap. And I, that really stuck with me. Like that's something I say to myself now. (laughs) My gosh. I don't even think I'm as good as the gap most of the time. (laughs) Um, the thing with the gap is that I feel like it's mostly just basics. Like you go in there and it's, and it's never like they have anything that's really that mind blowing. But like, if you want a pair of uh khaki pants or like a denim shirt or like un or like a green t-shirt or whatever they have it so that's what i usually go there for so <laughs> so those i think like sort of don't go out of style really it's so not are you like excited for the kanye version of a classic tea? i mean no i no, i probably will not <laughs> buy it and also the, i think the details on this are still like to be determined because yeah. h&m does these collaborations once a year with like a big name designer but they're mm-hmm. only sold in like seven stores across the country and everything is sort i mean it's it's definitely less expensive than I'm sure the designer's line is traditionally, but it's a lot more expensive than normal H&M clothes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's like a shirt for $150 and <laughs> yeah. you're like, well, okay, well maybe this would normally be 300, but I'm not going to spend $150 on an Alexander Wang shirt. That's been made via H&M. It's like, <laughs> no, thank you. So I don't know. I mean, mildly exciting. Also, Kanye supposedly has a new album that's coming out, which oh, like, w- we when have we heard that before? Um, <laughs> every day. So it's it's discombobulating to see any celebrity or influencer like post anything that's just breezy, easy, beautiful. But the Kardashians, especially, it's just like like they just threw Khloe Kardashian's birthday party with like a mega slide and like custom everything and huge balloons and like a full staff. And it's like, they just live in this alternate reality. And I'm sure part of it's envy, but also part of it is just like, come on guys, like you have real influence, like, and you're just pretending like everything's chill and promoting your new lines. And 
just not caring at all. It's just very Marie Antoinette, I think, is, is social media. <laughs> I mean, with with the celebrities, but even with not the celebrities is like a wild place because it's yeah. such whiplash between like people trapped in their apartments and yeah. then people, um, you know, only posting like uh, stuff about the protests and and like you know um like reposting uh, news sites and articles mm-hmm. about coronavirus and whatever so there's like that and then also the next thing you get to will be like a bachelorette party or like yeah. a bunch of friends hanging out at a beach and you're like what is going on like yeah. are we all on the same app here like does everyone <laughs> understand what's going on I know it's truly just I'm sure that this will be such an interesting time to study in our history just because the sheer content available and also these disparate like reactions to it. But I was also thinking the other day about how like back in early coronavirus times, there were some like mommy blogger type people (laughs) who got canceled for leaving New York city. It's like they were here and then they fled the city and then they like lost sponsorship deals and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, you're a terrible person. Now looking back on that, that seems so far removed that I'm like, (laughs) those people have to have all their sponsors back. Right? Like no one cares now at this point, if you left New York city at the beginning of March, like, yeah, yeah, no, this year has been like 17 lifetimes, so I'm sure yes. it's, there's like a rise, an ebb and flow to these cancellations and who cares about what and who did something wrong when, so. It's a wild world. Uh, meanwhile, also, the VMAs are happening, supposedly, on <laughs> August 30th. They're doing them at the Barclay Center in Brooklyn. Oh. There's not going to be an audience, but supposedly all of these like there's going to be musical acts there's going to be people getting awards it's like if you're a celebrity do you agree to go to that do you not go to that like what it's just so strange it's like how do you like, even why do it if there's no audience like you know what i mean like who wants well, to watch it's a televised but there's no crowd reaction there's no sound it's just like a sound i mean to be fair band. at this point i would watch it <laughs> There's no sports, like there's nothing on that's new. We're running out of yeah. television. Yeah. I bet that the VMAs get the highest ratings they've ever had. Have them drink coronavirus. <laughs> also, there's like the weird like spectacle of it all. Like, what does an yeah. award ceremony look like during coronavirus? So it would be live, but the awards wouldn't be given to the people in person. I think live, they though. would be. I so think the celebrities would, would just be like sitting yes. like twelve rows apart. Yeah, and then I think the up. celebrities would be there, but then the just everyone else wouldn't be, and it'd be like a very pared down right. occasion. But I also don't know, like, how many awards does the VMAs give out? You know what I mean? Aren't mm-hmm. they one of those shows that's now like they give out five awards that are sort of right. people know they're winning ahead of time, and the rest <laughs> is all like performances. Yeah. So I don't, that's interesting. And also, whenever anybody makes an announcement about something happening <laughs> in the future, it's like, okay, well, like, who knows? This is right. like stupid at this point that they're like, and we're and we're going back. To, colleges are opening in the fall. It's like you don't know that. No one knows that. Like, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Man, you're just such a different person than you were in March. I'm just, I hate, it always just surprises me in these little moments. <laughs> I mean, yeah, back in March, where I was like, ah. 
think this is that bad. Yeah. It's not as bad as the flu. You're like, I'm LOL. going to brunch. Why not go get sushi tonight? I mean, to be fair, that was pre even like any form of lockdown. Like everyone was still this was like a week after you had been to New York, Shelby. But every every time you went, you made sure to say, Who cares about coronavirus? Well, yes, yeah, that that's so it was true. On your but mind. I, yeah, yes, yeah. But I didn't think it was going to be a big deal, and then it did become a big deal. So I have changed my mind. You know, learn, grown. Yeah, me, example. me, yeah. like Jenna Marbles. You know, yes, we're figuring exactly. things out as we go along. Yeah, truly inspirational. Um, do you have another story, or should we do love it or hate it? No, let's get into the love it or hate it. You teased it so well. Let me go first, though. Mine's okay. boring. Um. I'm, you know, digging through whatever there is to watch at this point. And I oh, realized yeah. I never had seen the the reboot, well, the prequels of X-Men. So I watched oh! X-Men First Class on Oh, HBO. yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Everyone has, like, talked about it. They all love it. Like, I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. I'm not the biggest X-Men fan. But I was like, to be fair, I haven't watched X-Men since I was, like, in, you know, junior high or high school or whenever it was cool (laughs) Uh (laughs) or whenever it was happening and so and I love James McAvoy and obviously Jennifer Lawrence is great so I was like okay let's let's give this a try but I I was not a fan I think I think it comes down to one thing because I like Marvel I like like superhero I like dumb action stuff like honestly I'll watch a lot of dumb stuff like we all know this but I feel like X-Men sometimes they're like powers are just so lame <laughs> that's why i love him it's just like kind of cringy to watch and it's like what is going on it's just like they just pull it's sort of like a mad lib style like <laughs> superhero power where they just throw things together like you know zoe kravitz has dragonfly wings but she also like spits acid or maybe lava i don't know it's just there's no rhyme or reason to certain things and like some of these powers are so lame like jennifer lawrence's boyfriend at the time what's his name nick holt he has like hands for feet and i'm like wow that sucks dude like that is the lamest (laughs) thing but then it turns out it means he can like run at the speed of light basically and i'm like how does that how does that work out? Like, I don't think if someone learned to run on their hands, they'd be faster than someone who runs on their feet. You know, the, <laughs> the that is the beauty of X-Men is that they don't have these powers like the Avengers where yeah. every bad guy that you come up with has to also basically be immortal because everyone <laughs> in Avengers like has these unlimited right. powers and is unkillable. I love that X-Men, you know, it's like, oh, I, like this person can fly and this person, you know, can like... Uh, you know, shoot sludge out their armpit. And, you know, this person can, like, look like a brick wall or whatever. Yeah. And then it's how they have to sort of, like, cobble together these right. weird powers to beat another group of people who have equally strange cobbled yeah. together powers. Yeah. So, but, no, but the truth that. is, like, all of those old, or all of the, like, X-Men prequels, I've, I think I saw each of them in theaters and I could not tell you like one <laughs> thing that ha- like I can tell you things that happen, but I could not tell you which movie right. anything happens in. It's yeah. like, sure. First class. <laughs> which one's that? No idea. Yeah. I wanted to like it. Like I, I can see why it's well received and like well regarded. And it's an interesting like 
examination of these characters and you get to see all their like origin stories whatever but i was also really bothered with jennifer lawrence's character like mystique and it was so weird because they introduced her as sort of the same age as charles xavier as as professor x but then uh, when they grow up and it's jennifer lawrence it's suddenly like he's patronizing her and he's always like oh you're you're too young for me and i'm like how how old are these people supposed to be? And Professor X is only like in his mid to late 20s in this movie. <laughs> and she is the same age, supposedly. But then it's like they both are kind of like, no, you're too young for me. I'm not interested. But then she suddenly decides to throw herself at um, Magneto. And he's like, not interested. And then she goes blue and he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do you. <laughs> And then she suddenly yells at Charles X. Like, it was just like, it was a weird, it was just weird character choices for her. And then I found out that Brian Singer produced it. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And Brian like, oh, Singer. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. He's all over those movies. You know? Yeah, that's not great. So um, not a favorite, but I watched it. So mm, I can't remember. Now I can't even remember why I was going to say this, talk about this earlier. Do you remember why? Why I, I brought this up? I don't know what you're about to say. Oh, well, so I watched the Artemis Fowl movie uh, oh. yesterday, and I was going to mention something about it earlier in the <laughs> episode know. and then stop, but now I can't remember what that was. Um, <laughs> such a tease. Yeah, who knows? <sighs> Anyways, the Artemis Fowl movie, it's on Disney+. Plus. It went through like a long, arduous filmmaking process like i think they bought the rights to it back in 2000 and it was originally like a harvey weinstein thing at some point it got bumped over to disney it took them for a while to make it then they made it then it got you know shelved for basically two years now um because of the disney fox merger and then now because of coronavirus and so they dumped it on disney plus so i did not go into it with like high expectations but i really love the book series so i thought like at the very least Maybe it would be something that I really enjoyed, even if like it wasn't that good in general. You know what I mean? Just because I yeah. like the book that much. And maybe it was like, okay, well, the book just didn't translate to screen. No, they <laughs> like butchered this so poorly, like Aww. so much. It, the, the main crux of the book series is that Artemis Fowl is like this young, evil genius boy who's like 12 <laughs> And he kind of, like, gets uh, involved with the, like, underground, like, fairy movement. Like, there's these, like, all of these mystical creatures that basically are are hiding, like, under the crust of the earth. And he, like, figures out that they're there and then is trying to, like, exploit them. And so, this like, for at least the first book in the series, he's sort of the bad guy. Kind of likable, but, like, the bad person. And then these elves of the good people and then sort of as the series progresses he like you know grows and becomes more likable and more like a regular hero but i think disney thought that the books did well so they wanted to make an adaption of it but then were terrified to make an adaption where their main character is also sort of like a bad character so they completely reworked the whole thing so that he is like he's smart, but he's also just like a really good kid who like misses his father who is maybe kidnapped. It just like changes the whole dynamic. And it also then just ruins the whole story because nothing really makes sense of why anyone's doing anything because now instead of a bad guy versus a good guy, you sort of have like two good guys versus each other for no reason. 
Judy Dench is in it doing weird things, which was giving me like a cat's vibe. It was just truly terrible. And I was thinking, because I also recently rewatched or well, watched for the first time the series of unfortunate events TV show on Netflix. I'd watched the first season when it came out, but I like caught up on the last two seasons. And I'm like, I think that's what they need to do for these children's series. No more like children's movie series. Mm -hmm. It should all just be like a Netflix thing because Netflix can give you just the amount of time you need to like cover the material. It's not like a network show, you know, where you have to spread it out to a certain amount of episodes. Like if, if you only need 10 episodes, they can give you that. If you need 20, that's what they'll give you. But in a movie, it's like, there's no way that Artemis Fowl, for as successful as it is as a book series, is going to be able to work as eight movies. You know, it's yeah. like, no, that's not going to happen. So I just am like, let's quit trying with like A Wrinkle in Time and this and let's just put all of this stuff as Netflix series and call it a day. I don't yeah. know. It was very frustrating. That's like Rob's dream is to have... I guess he specifically wants an animated Harry Potter series because he thinks that would that would function really well. But I think you're right. I think it's hard to get books like that into a single film that works for everyone in the audience. So, I'm yeah. I mean, I think Harry Potter as a as some kind of TV series, you know, or animated or whatever, like for Netflix or Hulu or I think would work well i mean those movies are made or whatever they've like done them all so i sort of don't know why they'd make another series of it (laughs) but i think for things like percy jackson or whatever where they sort of made it into a movie and butchered it and nobody liked it (laughs) they could easily go back and do the tv because that's what they did with series of unfortunate events they made that movie they like didn't it didn't work in a way that they could make six more movies in that series so then they just were like okay we're shelving that and we're going to do it as a Netflix series. And I think that worked so well. So bring it on, man. We just need to get in charge of one of these <laughs> yeah. studios. If Disney wants yeah. to hire us as their new CEOs, that would be perfect. Yeah. I'll DM Netflix. See if we can work something out. Yes. Now that we have two years under our belt, you know. Yeah, truly. Our resume is getting better and better and better. But okay. This episode is gone oddly long for for us having no nothing to talk about truly um we'll be back on thursday talking about eurovision (laughs) song contest colon the story of fire saga on netflix the new uh will ferrell movie which i'm sure you're all so excited to hear us talk about until then you can follow us on social media leave us a review shoot us an email and we'll be back bye